I've t- been talking to other founders and their biggest advice has been just, just take it slow. Don't rush into anything. Just because I think our first product has so much potential that we want to you know explore that as much as we can. So that kind of feeling of that's strange, but I want it is going to be like a continued motto as we continue to grow. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Nazar Akil from Max Pro. Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Paul. And we're Love and Pebbles. Hi, this is Lopa Vandermersch from Rasa. Oh, you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening to, to the e Show. Show. Welcome to the e Show, presented by Blue Tusker. The number one place to hear the inside scoop from other e-commerce experts, where they share their secrets on how they scaled their business and are now living the dream. Now, here is your host, Andrew Math. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Show. I'm your host, Andrew Math, and today I am joined by Yuki Kinoshita of Pluffle. I'm sure you've all heard of him, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yuki, super excited to have you on the show. You ready for this? Yeah, thanks for having me, Andrew. I'm stoked. Uh, this is this is gonna be a good one. I- I'm sure you're aware uh, we've had several people that were on Shark Tank before, which we don't have to harp on for too long. But you were like just on it. I think I just watched your episode like a couple weeks ago. I recorded it. Yeah. But, um. So let, let's pretend no one knows who you are. No one watched anything. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself, about Pluffle, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm Yuki. I'm the co- one of the co-founders of Pluffle. I started this with my best friend in college. Uh, classic college dorm idea. Um, we were big nappers. We always laid on the uncomfortable couches uh, that were in the econ building. And one day, my co-founder is walking past uh, his coffee shop that he always he, he, did, he did work at. He sees this great Dane sleeping on a giant dog bed. And he has this moment of like inspiration. He's like, I want a dog bed, but for myself. And he tells a few people and he tells me and he's like, and I think I was the only one that kind of like thought it was a good idea. A lot of people were like, you're crazy. That's like stupid. Like people just buy a big dog dog bed. But I was like, this is fun. Like, I don't know if it was a good idea or not, but like, this sounds fun. Like, let's do it. Let's build something. Uh, and then that was it. And we just decided to, to get together, make, make a prototype. We got like pillow stuffing from Ikea, um, blew it into like this handmade case that was you know designed by this local seamstress. And uh, that was the, sort of the birth of Pluffle. Obviously, there's a lot more um, past that point, but that's how it kind of all started. Nice. So you were on Shark Tank. You were featured on Fallon. You were featured on Good Morning America. Now you're on the Ecom Show. So you've clearly hit your peak. What's what's going to happen next? <laughs> I don't think there's anything better than this. Um, no. So there's a lot to happen. I mean, we're a newly launched company. If you saw our Shark Tank episode, you know I kept it harping. I wouldn't make fun of you for this, yeah. but we're recent college grads. We just graduated, and it's true. You know, no, and I've only been doing this full time for about five months, um, and it's our first go at it. Uh, we finished our Kickstarter campaign a few months ago, and we're ready, getting ready to actually fulfill those orders in about a month. Our first ever container, three containers, just left uh, our manufacturer. Super excited. Been tracking it every day. Uh, we're going to be fulfilling those in uh, late November, early December. So that's going to be super exciting. And then we already have another 3,000 unit production run coming in. It's going to land mid-January. We're going to be shipping those out soon as possible. And those are primarily to fulfill all the demand that we saw from Shark Tank and and all the previous demand that we've uh, gotten. Yeah. Will you clear seven figures this year? Yeah, we are on track to clear close. I think we'll be right, right around that uh, in our first it's like insane seven months. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's nuts. So what was what was the beginning process of this like? So I, I know your, your roommate saw a great day in sleeping and I, I get that. That <laughs> all makes sense. How did you like 
source this? How did you like, is this really just like, did you reach out to a dog bed manufacturer and be like, Hey, can you make me one that's significantly bigger? Or did you go a totally different direction? Yeah. So we had a few ways. So we started out with just like trying to make this locally, uh, handmade just to kind of get the concept off the ground. Um, but we kind of ran a lot of problems. Um, the local seamstress couldn't make something that was like replicable for mass manufacturing. So the product you see sort of in our early days and early marketing is actually just a product that's purely just a one-time thing. You can't remove the case. You can't do any of the functionalities that we added on later or that we kind of like promised a little bit. So what we did was we took this and we kind of, uh, you know, contacted some manufacturers overseas and in Asia, uh, a lot of Asian countries like Indonesia, China, Vietnam, uh, India, and saw like kind of got a list in a bunch of samples and saw who could do it the best. But we actually found a lot of issues. People couldn't really just make it larger. Um, and a lot of the features that we like, for example, the ability to tuck your hand and feet in, underneath the pillow bolster and the consistency of this pillow bolster and all these like foam features, just like dog bed manufacturers weren't able to do. They're so used to making these small beds that are not for people yeah. that when you're actually trying to make changes beyond just a simple like oval shape, they weren't able to do. So we had to completely like go back to the drawing board and like re-engineer it uh, for the base up just to like make it as comfortable for people and like forget the concept that this is for dogs but this is for people so we like hired, hired a local product uh, development person who had background in making cat like premium cat beds and we worked with her for months to to create like this like tech pack that we then sent off to manufacturers but even then manufacturers still had trouble so we had to I think like started off with like working with like 10 different manufacturers and whittled it down like two to three that we thought had promise uh, and then mm -hmm. just worked with them to do R&D and like get the product that we have today. And yeah, surprisingly, it's a lot harder um, than we expected. We thought we could just take a regular size dog bed and make it larger, but uh, it wasn't that simple. So I know you got a lot of hype from the Shark Tank side of things, but you did go in there with pre-orders, ready to ship stuff like you were prepped and ready to go. And I know you started on, I believe, Kickstarter, correct? That's right. We did so, crowdfunding campaigns, Kickstarter and uh, Indiegogo. So what what was it that got that initial crowdfunding going? Like, what was your marketing in the beginning there? Yeah, so we put this product, this idea on TikTok, and it went super viral. Um, in the first, like, fifth video we posted. Of course it did. Now it has, like, 10 million <laughs> views on it. And this is back when we had no marketing strategy, like no really like idea of what we were doing. We just had an idea and a dream and it just really resonated. But in both a lot of created a lot of good buzz. People were like, I need this. I'm looking for this product all my life. And a lot of people were like, it's just a dog bed. So it's like both in good ways. TikTok loves controversy and our product mm -hmm. was exactly that. Uh, and then it created, a, it draws, drew so many eyeballs that on our first day, we had all these people from TikTok ready to like support our campaign and that just blew our first day goal out of the water and got a lot of like organic sort of um, appeal through the Kickstarter platform. People, a lot of people were discovering us on Kickstarter now because of that. You know, it's, it's pretty impressive because, you know, TikTok definitely has that power, at least it does right now. But you find a lot of brands, especially like yours, that kind of come out of the woodwork and they're on Kickstarter and don't fulfill for years sometimes. So for you guys to start this like five months ago and are already fulfilling right at the peak of when you should probably be fulfilling is fantastic, which means you're about to get countless people getting this as Christmas gifts and over the holidays that are going to be on TikTok and it's just going to cause another snowball effect, which is fantastic. What um, 
So did you, so obviously it went viral on TikTok. Did you put any marketing into it outside of just posting on TikTok or is it solely that? Yeah, primarily up to our date, all our marketing has been organic and all our, we've barely spent any money on marketing, which is awesome. Uh, and that's, you know, a lot of companies are struggling because CAC is getting higher and it's really hard to acquire customers. We've been fortunate enough to get so much organic eyeballs to our, to our product and our, and our page. Um, we haven't been able to do, haven't had to do that. And yeah, primarily it's really just been content through TikTok and kind of reposting that on Reels, YouTube Shorts, Facebook Reels, wherever, um, and just getting so many combined eyeballs to our page. And in addition to sort of like getting press features and all these things, also just have grown um, our email subscriber list, which is, I think, close to date. It's about 50,000 people on our email subscriber list. I know so many e-commerce sellers who have been doing this for like seven or eight years whose email lists are not that big. That's yeah, we're pretty excited amazing. about it. <laughs> yeah, you should be. Is there any thought, or I know you're still wildly early, but is there any thought on expanding the product line? 100%. Um, Noah and I, we have so many product ideas. You know, we I've t- been talking to other founders and their biggest advice has been just, just take it slow. Um, don't yeah. rush into anything. Just because I think our first product has so much potential that we want to you know, explore that as much as we can. But we have so many ideas for compliments for the product um, that I won't share right now just because they're in still in the ideation stage. But I think we'll have a lot of similar products like the human dog bed where it's like, whoa, what kind of thing? But when you actually look at it, it looks really comfortable and you want it. So that kind of yeah. feeling of that's strange, but I want it is um, going to be like a continued motto as we continue to grow. Yeah, I get that. My my wife and I watched it, and the first thing she said was, "She's like, I want one, and then I also want one for our corgi that we have." And I was like, yeah. "I guess that kind of makes sense, like a his and hers kind of thing." Um, but all right, so obviously you're on Shark Tank. We have to go through this whole song and dance. I know you're probably tired of talking about it. Can you give us a little bit of insight into a why you went on? Although I guess for you it does kind of make sense since you're still kind of early in getting investment. But then b what that whole process was like. Yeah, so we got contacted by the producer literally a few weeks after our viral TikTok. So I think at this point we hadn't even launched on Kickstarter yet. So it felt surreal. It didn't. We thought it was a scam. We didn't think it was real. Um, and because we were just like, why? We just posted one TikTok. Why would be you know he reaching out to us? We don't even haven't delivered a product yet. We have no sales. So that was kind of surprising. But I think the producer just liked the idea. Um, behind it deep down and he also just knew that it was would be a really good shark tank product whether we went there and totally flopped uh, or went there and like smashed it it would be good for them either way because it's great content so i think he saw that uh and sort of you know i guess invested in us in that way um to get us and bring us on the show and it was a really long process months and months of like paperwork and like interviews and like meeting the producers and all these things which is fine you know in, in hindsight it was all worth it but it was pretty nerve wracking because again, when he first reached out, all we had was sort of a handmade prototype uh, and like one manufacturing sample that we didn't even like. Obviously the producers didn't know that. So we spent the next few months, obviously for a Kickstarter too, but really, really pushing for to figure out how do we get the product that we actually are going to sell on Shark Tank? How are we going to shut down on Shark Tank and make sure it's the same product that we're actually selling? And we ate taped in Shark Tank back in July. So it's actually a lot earlier than people expect. People think we tape like a few weeks before we air. No, it's like many months before. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty stressful. Uh, and our manufacturer sent like the wrong foam piece to our studio. So we had to like make it locally. 
backpack it like vacuum seal it in a backpack like put it in our suitcase bring it down and like reassemble it like 20 minutes before a pitch so um <laughs> it wasn't as smooth sailing as it as it looked but in um yeah we were really happy with how the episode looked and um yeah we're not we have no complaints like we at, at the end of the day it all worked out so we're super happy about it do you um so there was the the show how do i put this all right, so you go viral on TikTok, right? And then you have like your average kind of like you're now you're a little bit post the viral aspect of it. You kind of have your average sales there, right? And then you have back now you're on Shark Tank. What was the difference there? How big of a jump was that? Yeah, surprisingly, it was probably like not that big of a jump. Um, maybe like 3x times 4x our baseline revenue in terms of like averaging really? out. The night of, we obviously, you know, did like 10 to 20x what we usually do on a day. Okay. Um, but on post Shark Tank, it's been like 3 3x what, what we usually did before. Um, funny enough, we, I know, got close to like 40,000 visitors the night of Shark Tank, which is absolutely wild. But then two days later, we posted a TikTok. Um, I think talking about Shark Tank a little bit, talking about why the sharks like the product and featuring your product, that also went viral on TikTok, uh, like five to six million views. And then we had 60,000 visitors that day. Um, Take that, Shark Tank. Yeah, we, surprisingly <laughs> enough, I mean, again, Shark Tank's great because it gives us, as people that are already making a bunch of content, even more content that goes really viral. So that's kind of like a snowball effect. But I think that's been almost not a bigger value, but a value that like people don't talk about is that going on Shark Tank, Shark Tank night, all that credibility is amazing and all the exposure is amazing. But now these days you can really take that and like repurpose it and then continue to yeah. get more traction elsewhere. A lot of people don't even watch Shark Tank anymore, a younger demographic, and you can bring that onto TikTok and get so many new eyeballs uh, to your product. So that, that felt pretty cool. That was very smart. Yeah. There's, we've interviewed, uh, I can't even remember. We interviewed someone who was like from like the second or third season and they still have it plastered all over their website. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of, it does make sense. Um, plus obviously you got an investment, right? So you gotta, you gotta deal with Mark and Lori. How was that immediately post that, that whole process? Yeah. So it doesn't actually close right away. So it takes months yeah. and months of like due diligence, a bit of back and forth. So we're actually still haven't closed the deal yet. Um, you know, we are looking to close, but I think there are a few things we just need to iron out in our due diligence process before we can go go through with that. So yeah. yeah, people think you get the handshake, you get the money there and there on stage. But yeah, a lot of times yeah. um, companies <laughs> when they air, they usually do try to have companies close. But since we were one of our earlier episodes on the season, they just knew that it wasn't possible um, for yeah. us to close our episode before we aired. Yeah, makes sense. What... um. All right, so let's let's say obviously hopefully this doesn't happen, but let's say you don't go it doesn't close, right? You still got your Kickstarter campaign, you're still on track to do over seven figures in your first year. What's your game plan for continuing to market the the whole the whole business, obviously? Definitely. So yeah, I think there's a lot of potential here. We haven't even tapped into like influencer marketing, for example, and we're getting a lot of inbound requests for people that are like willing to talk about the product and uh, share it without really asking us for anything in return other than just the free product. So that's been really exciting. And you just don't even have enough inventory to to capture all of that. So I think yeah. that will sort of, again, continue to get us more sort of organic eyeballs to our product. 
Um, I think referrals will be really big. Um, we are looking into setting up like a referral program for everyone that gets the, the product. It really, it really is a shared experience and that's what I'm excited about. It's not a product you just use for yourself. If you have a human dog bed in your house, you know, your kids are going to use it. Your wife's going to use it. Your friends are going to want to use it. Your dog's going to want to use it. You know, you're going to have everyone talking about it. And that's what we really want to do. Um, talk people talking about it online, but people also talking about it offline. So you think that has a lot of potential. Um, but beyond that, obviously, like we think this could be really big in workplaces and universities. Um, I'm talking with our university, Alma Mater, UBC. They are really interested in having one of these in the econ building where there's a bunch of uncomfortable couches. So hopefully we can replace them with uh, a few pluffles. Talking about high school, they really want a few for their library. And that's just the start. You know, I haven't really done much more than that. But I know there's universities out there that have nap rooms, have game rooms, lounge rooms, workplaces that have bean bags that people don't actually sleep them in them or use them using them that I know we can replace or be a good substitute to. Um, there's so much potential and obviously like new products. There's a bunch of compliments like uh, blankets and different kinds of kinds of kinds of pillows and other things that we have in mind that will be even more exciting. Uh, so yeah, there's so much on our plate uh, that we can do and we're just gonna take it day by day. Nice. Yeah, you're in a, a very interesting spot, right? Like you're you're five months in, you're just now kind of getting into the industry and, and learning what everyone else is doing. You have all these ideas from a marketing standpoint, but you've gone so viral that inventory's a pain. Like it, getting enough in is a challenge. Have you thought about doing like, I've seen it work a handful of times where they do like, um, A, you've got to create content like you've never done it before, like just constantly pushing stuff out because when you're out of inventory, if you don't post anything, people kind of flake out for a little while. But if you do like a countdown to when you'll be in inventory again and almost do like those exclusive drops that you kind of see with like sneakers and, and different like apparel lines, like have you guys thought about how you're going to market yourselves when you're having inventory issues, which I'm going to guess will happen for probably the next like six months to a year? Yeah. So we're thinking of having like out of stock buttons as well on our website. We're thinking of implementing that as well. In addition to like pre-ordering, but you get to save, you know, let's say a hundred dollars, which is sort of our model right now. Um, if you pre-order right now, you can find a discount code on our website for up to a hundred dollars. So that's like a big benefit. Um, yeah. Haven't really thought of it about too much. We're hopefully hoping that the next inventory run there that will at least like take us for a few months um, worth of inventory based on our projections. And then while that's happening, we're already starting a uh, next production run. We are really pushing with our manufacturer for better terms. And he's, yeah. you know, they're pretty willing to provide us that even early on because um, they sort of see the potential in our product to do really well. So that's been a big help in terms of financing. And obviously, uh, we're still looking to close a deal, whether it be the Shark Tank deal or maybe potentially a different deal, um, depending mm -hmm. on how, how that goes. And you know, all that money really will be used to just to scale our inventory and to make sure we are in stock. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of other ideas we have with the product beyond just the original one. We want to have different colors and materials and all these things. So we are even thinking of potentially for future versions, virgins, like having a pre-order button set up for them um, and people who want to access it early and get a big discount. Um, and that way we sort of measure how much demand there is for alternative um, products and materials. I know like brands like yours, when they kind of get this big pop and they go viral, one of the problems that they end up having is it's kind of like what Peloton did during the pandemic, right? Is like they get all this, uh, you know, interest, 
So then they get a ton of inventory, assuming that that trajectory is going to happen. And nine times out of 10, that doesn't really happen. Have you thought about how, like, I'm not an inventory guy, so I'm really interested. Like, how are you going to map out how much inventory you should have knowing that it's possible that you won't continuously go viral? Yeah, that's definitely the toughest part that we're kind of like struggling to figure out right now, uh, for sure. I think for now, we have a good, the pre-orders really let us really figure out exactly how many units we need right until the day we're shipping out the the units. Um, And we can sort of forecast based on the current demand, maybe scale down a little bit per month, how many units we're going to sell. So in the short run, it's pretty easy to forecast um, what the next production size should be. Um, but beyond that, it is definitely pretty difficult. Um, it, we're, you know, we're considering it could be a potentially a seasonal product as well. Um, if people, you know, don't, wouldn't purchase it during the summer, it's hard to say right now. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a challenge. I think every e-commerce can make a sleeping bag version. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> you know, I know, I know a few weighted blanket companies that, you know, sold a weighted blanket and then during the summer they got screwed because no one was buying it. So their solution yeah. was to make a cooling one. You know, we want to do the same thing as well and offer cooling products in the summer. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's tough to say exactly, but I think for at least the year, we'll have a lot of opportunities to sell uh, in many different channels. And I don't think um, having too much inventory will be the issue, um, but definitely something to consider as we grow bigger uh, past like year one. Yeah. Well, you're in for a wild ride, man. Really appreciated uh, having you on the show. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you guys are probably slammed right now, but would love to uh, do the normal and give you an opportunity here to let everyone know where they can find out more about you and obviously Pluffle as well. Yeah, really appreciate it. Um, so you can find more Pluffle, wearepluffle.com. That's we are P-L-U-F-L.com. That's our social media, We Are Pluffle, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, feel free to find the content that made us viral. Uh, and yeah, I really appreciate it uh, being on the show. Thanks for having me. Beautiful. Thanks for being on the show, man. Appreciate it. Obviously, everyone that tuned in, thank you as well. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff on whichever podcast platform you want, YouTube, or head over to theecomshow.com to check out all the other episodes and whatever else you want to do on there. But as usual, appreciate you all being here, and we will see you all next time. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to The Ecom Show. Head over to ecomshow.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on the Blue Tusker YouTube channel. The Ecom Show is brought to you by Blue Tusker, a full-service digital marketing company specifically for e-commerce sellers looking to accelerate their growth. Go to bluetusker.com now for more information. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of The Ecom Show.